0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Thursday, November 17th. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. This is episode number 259. Don't remind me about
1: Thanksgiving. Oh, what's um, wrong, Mike? The the day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday, and if you work in retail, it's a day of horror. (laughs) Oh, don't worry,
0: my friend. I've worked in retail on Black Friday many,
1: (laughs) many years, all throughout, well... I do Did you half... work are, did you work two jobs? Cuz yeah, I, I I'm scheduled uh, at both my jobs. Mike, are you I, having on, like on a Black dick swing
0: contest with me right now?
1: No, I'm not. I'm just saying like cuz you will lose every time. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a really it, it's it's already tough enough as it is working one job in retail on Black Friday, but then you make it two. And then it's like, it makes an already long day of hell, like, even longer. Oh, it's probably, but, you know, it's probably
0: equivalent to the, uh, I, I worked in the food court on Black Friday in, in the Orange Park Mall, and the mall, for those who don't know, is like the hot spot for Black Friday. Like, that's where all... All the stores are all in one place, you know, you, you get to knock out a bunch of different places. That's when everyone gets there. At, like, what does it open up at, like, 5 a.m. in the fucking morning on Black Friday or some
1: sh- shit like that? I mean, yeah, uh, Kohl's is opening up as, at 5 a.m. Uh, they don't want me there at 5 a.m., thank God. Uh, but I will be there at, like, 6.45 Ugh. or 7, and then I'm not going to be uh, out of there until, like, 4 or 4.30, and then I gotta be at my other job from like five to nine on the same same day. Yeah, they. And ha- then the next day I gotta be at Kohl's at nine a.m. Oof. So yeah. Hey man, you're racking up Fun them times. them bucks though. Hopefully. Yep. Yep. Definitely needed after getting robbed. <laughs> robbed. <laughs> yes. What do you mean robbed? Uh. Uh. I- I'll. Uh. I'll let you in on this as well as the listeners Uh, like a week or so. I think it was a week or two ago. um, I went grocery shopping at Winco, which is a grocery store around here in the Pacific Northwest with my stepdad and uh, was only in the store for like 30 to 40 minutes and came back and the passenger side window of his pickup was broken, uh, glasses everywhere and somebody stole my backpack which had uh my phone in it um uh like a pair of wireless earbuds but they weren't like the super high-end ones but you know still it's like money uh that i spent that's basically out the window um literally (laughs) yeah And, and uh there's there's like a few other sort of stuff, like I had a house key in there, so we had to have the locks change on our house. Um, and yeah, I was technically robbed because uh, I, I thought that everything would be fine leaving my bag in the car in the pickup because I had done that for decade for at least a decade now since I've been living here in Vancouver And we had been shopping in that Winco and parking in that exact uh, area, the exact place, no problems whatsoever. And then, nope, window busted, backpack stolen. So I had to call the cops, uh, report the incident. My
0: question is, Um, what were you wearing to make that guy want to
1: bust into your truck and steal the the backpack? Nothing really that expensive. I don't wear expensive stuff. Will you dress? You don't have pro- to be wearing. Will you dress no. provocatively? Absolutely not. You don't have to. You don't have to wear. Be wearing anything. <laughs> I'm joking, Mike. I'm joking. I know. I know. I know. It's the bag itself. You know. Yeah. They see that, and I'm sorry. Like, what time? Right. Of, what time of day was it? Was it at night? It was in the middle of the day. In the middle it of the day. was at night. Oh my
0: god, that's crazy. Yeah. Now, now here in. In Jacksonville, what they like to do is they like to at night they like to pull on door handles on the cars to see uh-huh. if they're uh, unlocked and if they're unlo- yeah. you know unlocked, then they go and rummage through and all no, that this shit. is
1: smash and grab stuff, and this is increasing uh, in frequency over here in in the Pacific Northwest. Like Damn. just people just smashing windows and just grabbing shit.
0: I'm glad my um, windows are my windows are he- like pretty heavily tinted and. Mm-hmm. Um, you really wouldn't know what's in my car unless you were like looking in through the front window because you can't really see through the side yeah. windows. So hopefully that doesn't happen to me. Yeah because um, I so this
1: was a first, this is a first for me uh, getting robbed, so I had to I had to, I went to T-Mobile immediately afterwards so I could like find a way to possibly get into my account and and so on and so forth and get a new phone. I didn't get insurance on that phone cuz I didn't think this would ever happen. Right. Uh so now I have to pay for both phones. Damn. To pay for my old phone that was stolen that I have like $500 left to pay on. Oof. And then I got to start a whole new payment plan to pay for uh the new phone. Um so that sucks. But I was able to get into my account, the email that's tied into the phone, and change the password. So they weren't, they, did, they really didn't get into anything. And then I was able to call T-Mobile and have them shut down the phone on their end. So it could have been worse. I mean, my wallet was on me, so I didn't have it in my bag. I, uh, I still changed uh, debit cards just in case. Like I canceled the the one that I currently had that might have been tied into Google Play or whatever. So I canceled that and then uh, set up a, a new a new debit card uh, with all the other uh, things that I use online. Um, but yeah, it uh, could have been worse, uh, but still sucked. And you have to get and, the window repaired. Yep, but that worked out fine because my uncle is like Mr. Fix-It, uh, former mechanic or a self-taught mechanic, and he's really good, and he had a window, and so my stepdad was going to be going over there anyway, mm. so he took the pickup to my uncle's place, and my uncle just replaced the window. Damn. Yeah, I didn't had- even charge him anything.
0: I had to get a whole ass uh, safe flight repair people to come out to my house, and it was not cheap. Because uh, the window on my van, like, it just, uh, I rolled it down one day, and it just would not roll back up. So I had to tape this fucking, like, plastic over the hole, and I had to tape it up like a motherfucker to make sure no- none of the elements got inside. And it had to, it had to stay like that for I thought, weeks, whereas it taped up like that, you know, because, like, mm-hmm. it, you know my my drummer slash friend trey was like bro i can fix it man it, it's so simple i can fix it i'm like no i'm not gonna entrust this to a friend i want a professional to do this but uh-huh yeah they, yeah yeah but no it could have been worse for you mike because i can tell you the one time that i got i guess robbed or what, whatever you want to call it um uh yeah i mean i get when i think think of rob i think like there there's like a gun involved or something and they're like pointing. there isn't
1: always though you know.
0: theft, I guess would be the word. Yeah. theft. Uh, um, it was like the rare fucking time I leave my car door unlocked in my front fucking yard. And granted there's a little bit of a driveway. And then I, I park usually in the little like area in front of my house. So you have to like walk up in my yard to pull on the handle. So whoever, uh-huh. whatever, whoever did this had some bulls. Cause like they were like, Trespassing on top of like fucking with my car, and yeah. it was like a Sunday, so it was band day, and I'm cleaning the house at night, and then I, I'm outside on the phone talking to one of my friends, and I see that the passenger side door is cracked open. I'm like, damn it, Stephanie, not closing the door all the way. And then I open the door, and the dome light comes on, and I see my glove compartment is open, and the center console is open, and I'm like, oh shit, somebody fucking yeah. robbed me. They took my, yeah. my gig bag that had my mixing board in it, uh, that Ooh. was at least $175, it had all of my cables, my XLR, uh-huh. speaker cables and all that, that was all co- combined, probably about 100 bucks at least. Um, yeah, yeah the bag itself? They took um, my. Oh yeah, they took my laptop too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, my uh, laptop bag, because back in those, it taught me a lesson. Was that a
1: high? Was that a high-end laptop for the time? Um, you know, it's
0: been so long, and I'm a, I'm on like my third gig laptop yeah. at this point, so I don't really remember. Um, I, it was it yeah. was you know it was probably a yeah. low mid level, but still. It, yeah, it, it, I mean, he had. It had my external hard drive on there, which oh, had all my yeah. karaoke. Fi- I mean, dude, he, he really. Yeah. Th- thankful for me, you know, thinking ahead and all that. I I I backed up everything on another external. I Good. kept in my house, you know, because if I hadn't have done that, I would have been <laughs> fucked. Because like, that's all my karaoke which yep. honestly nowadays like most people just like i half at my gigs like half the times i'm using the internet cuz people want uh-huh. songs that i don't have in my data cuz i'm not updating my fucking database all the time fuck that yeah but anyway um so, like uh, hey I, i'm I not doing my story yet
1: <laughs> jesus
0: cut <cutting> me <laughs> off uh but thankfully i had renters insurance so i called the cops got filed a police report And, um, yeah, I went to the uh, renter's insurance website, typed in the police report number. I guess that that corroborated that I was telling the truth. And uh, they're like, yeah, you know, give us an estimation on how much you think your stuff was and... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I priced it out as if they were brand spanking new in all reality. <laughs> in all reality, that computer was like probably five or six years old and yeah, running yeah. slow as hell and all that. And yeah, they just like fucking cut me a check. And I was able to like update all my stuff. So like literally, uh, even though it was a dick move, thank you to the people who... Stole my equipment because I uh, I got brand new equipment that was better. So you. So
1: it wasn't really uh, a situation where things could have been worse because things were really great. Well, for you, I should you- say
0: it was a blessing in disguise.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't, I, you know, because I didn't have any sort of insurance on my end, so I had to basically just pay uh, for it out of my pocket again. Yeah. Um, and
0: besides that, it's been three weeks since we did a fucking podcast, and exactly, and you know
1: what? People haven't heard some some chit chat in a <laughs> while,
0: so you know what? Yeah, Bringing back like some, I
1: was, I was like I was going to say before I uh, uh, rudely interrupted, cut you off. Um, we have been uh, robbing our fans of uh, the podcast for a bit, but that's, that's more mainly Mike's due fault. to. Issues with uh, scheduling, Um, there was one time where, I think there was one week I wasn't feeling too hot, so I couldn't do that, couldn't do it then, Um, then the week after I just had some issues with my internet for some stupid reason, so I had to get a Comcast rep over and switch the lines and change some things and update some stuff, which apparently hadn't been updated in like over a decade so that's a big reason why things are not doing that hot and i got a new modem and router combo so everything is working uh smooth and fast right now
0: i had thought about getting like aid from the slashers podcast to fill in but for this particular episode it's like i i gotta have mike on this one like i can't (laughs) i can't have anyone else like if we're talking UFOs, we're talking new season of Unsolved Mysteries, yeah. like, I I, I got to yeah. have Mike. Because, like, I don't think Aid really, like, fucked with Unsolved Mysteries. She might have uh-huh. seen it and liked it, but she wasn't, like, a devotee like you and I yeah.
1: are. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. And then... Um, um, so, yeah, it, it, this
1: is episode two of volume three of the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Yes. Yeah,
0: so... Second episode, they're they're busting out with the heavy hitters, or so you think. I mean, at this point, <laughs> I know you were initially kind
1: of excited about this episode.
0: Well, I was right? told, I was told like nothing but like bad from uh some of the people who listen to this podcast that I'm friends with. Uh-huh. Like, they they they're just like, yeah, it's, it's it was god awful, and um, I went in there thinking it was gonna be god awful. I don't think it was god awful. I just think it was your run of the mill, typical yes. new unsolved mysteries fair, where they're not really they're they're taking an hour to say fifteen minutes worth of information. Uh huh. And yep. that was basically what all these episodes boil down to.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was awful. It was just mediocre. Like very, very mid. Yes. Quite mid. As a kid, so say. uh, the this is called uh, something in the sky. Um, uh, and the case in question took place on the cold and clear night of March 8th, 1994. By the way, we are reading uh, this off of a website called, uh, called VictorStiff.com. I think it's Victor's website, and he's been reviewing uh, uh Unsolved Mysteries segments and other stuff. Uh, so. I wonder if he's stiff. <laughs> he's got a stiffy. Okay, so uh, it took place on the cold and clear night in March 8th, 1994. At around 9pm, Grand Haven, Michigan resident Cindy Pravda paced around her home talking on the phone when she noticed an intense light outside her kitchen window. Now, I've been to Michigan a few times because my dad lives in Michigan. I don't know if I've been to Grand Haven, but... I definitely didn't see anything in the night sky when I stayed over there with my, at my dad's place. Was it during the 90s? No. Okay, then. So. Well, that's why
0: you didn't see anything. <laughs> because, I mean, honestly, like, if you wanted to look at, like, a wire graph of, like, UFO sightings, like, the 90s were the peak. Like, that's why there's yeah. so many shows, ab- like, shows about them. Like, reality-based yeah. shows, like, Unsolved Mysteries and all that, sightings whatnot Mm -hmm. because there were just so many goddamn sightings in the 90s and then it honestly let's just
1: since then the aliens aliens saw uh enough of our uh civilization or enough of uh what was going on on earth and they were like yeah yeah we we've we we don't really need to go any further here um it's kind of hopeless (laughs) <laughs> they saw they saw
0: the um, those wonderfully designed trapper keepers and phrases being used like "Wow, that's all that in a bag of chips," or "I'm Audi nine thousand, you guys," or whatever the fuck they no, said. No, they
1: they probably they saw the the aftermath of what was it Woodstock? Woodstock? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, Woodstock ninety nine. Yeah, they're like yeah, they were like this. Yeah, this is a lost cause. This experiment <laughs> that
0: we have created is fucked. Time to go Zarkon, or whatever alien. Uh, that's I love. I love how like I love how we've established like in pop culture like alien names, and it's always like Gorkon or Zarkon Mork. or something like that. Like so, yeah. some kind of sounds like a, a, a like prescription medication to cure your fucking psoriasis or whatever. Ask your doctor about <laughs> Gorkon today. Like that's that, I don't know like. I guess it sounds futuristic or something. I don't know. Like, uh-huh. we've established yeah. that alien name. It
1: started with Mork, you know, from Mork and Mindy, probably, and then it just carried over from there.
0: Zarton, um, you know, like I don't know. <laughs> Zerg, you Ooh, the, know, from Toy Story. The Zerg is a a, a race of fighters in Starcraft Two, which is a fantastic video or uh, computer game.
1: The Zergs, Zerglings, yep. anyway. So, uh, at first, uh, Pravda mistook the glow for a full moon. But after a closer look, she noticed four bright lights hovering in a straight line. The lights floated above the tree line in her pasture, with one of them breaking away and shooting off in a flash. Pravda watched the lights for about 30 minutes and never heard any sound coming from the object. Now, I will give this episode this. They did try, in these uh, reenactments, to actually show the ufos you know with cgi and you know not not the greatest effects but to be honest neither uh that wasn't really the case in the original series oh the
0: original series it was awful but like at the same time though it was like i will say putting my nostalgia goggles on as a kid you, you you didn't really care that it wasn't like the greatest effects in the world. Yeah. It, it's still con- uh-huh. it's still conveyed. The creepiness was still conveyed. Probably with the yeah. help of the music and the help of Stack's yes. voice. Um it it smoothed out the fact that like, yes, these are clearly like the early ages of of any kind of CGI. I think the CGI uh-huh. was better in this episode, obviously, you know, like
1: coming 30, yeah.
0: 30 years advancements or whatever, but although
1: uh, there was there were still some some bits of the cgi where it did kind of remind me of like the early cgi which makes you wonder like given given how
0: like sparse these new episodes are as far as any kind of production you got to wonder what the budget for this show is it was probably
1: low yeah like really low like they
0: must be they must be shooting on like an indie movie shoestring yeah the whole series like yeah the amount of money that you would use for one indie film, they have to spread out through a whole <laughs> season or, or or chapter or whatever the fuck they're calling yeah. it of
1: the new Unsolved Mysteries. Volume. Yeah. Uh, so during Pravda's sighting, fellow witness Holly Graves, a married mother of two, had already retired to bed. She was awakened by her son screaming for his parents to come and look out the window. Graves describes seeing her living room lit up like someone had pointed a spotlight inside it. Graves and her husband stepped outside and observed a floating chrome cylinder roughly 300 feet away. The windowless object rotated in a circle and had lights shining down from the bottom. For dramatic effect, uh, the episode then cuts to a 28-year-old audio recording of Graves reporting the UFO to 911. As she describes the sighting, you can hear her excited child screaming in the background. (laughs) I don't remember what the kid was screaming, but it was like, uh, was he was just he was just excited? He saw a UFO.
0: <laughs> Bro, if that were me as a kid, I was a scared, paranoid little fuck. I would have been freaking the fuck out. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be
1: uh, screams of excitement, right? No,
0: and, it, and, and <laughs> it, it doesn't fucking help that like, um, when we were going to church as kids, my mom was talking about. She was talking to this guy in church who was reading a book about ufos and 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 god and how the two like Uh are tied in together and and he was telling my mom who then told me that um oftentimes those people who see ufos are about to become demon-possessed Like, it's an omen. Like, if you see a UFO, (laughs) you're going to be demon-possessed soon thereafter. Yeah, that definitely would not help a a child.
1: Yeah, uh, so as a
0: kid, where I believe every single thing my parents say because I'm a kid, uh,
1: I did not want to see a UFO. over, you know, reactive uh, imagination. Yeah. Yeah, that That doesn't help. Yeah,
0: I did not want to see a fucking UFO. I mean, Jesus, like... All that religion shit did so much more harm than good, not to get off on that tangent, but like, I literally spent a whole ass summer of fifth grade, like, uh-huh. paranoid that I was going to be getting demon possessed was like one of my biggest fears growing up. Yeah. Thanks,
1: religion. As, <laughs> as, as a kid, I would have loved to have seen a UFO. Now, like, I I'd like actually, to see, now I'd, I'd like to see In the sky, one. I would be seeing things that aren't UFOs. And I'd be like, I would tell, be telling my parents, "It's a UFO." I'm like, no, it's just, it's just a plane. It's not, it's not a UFO. Because <laughs> I was, I was that excited and, and interested in UFOs and the unexplained, like I, to the point of almost near obsession when I was a kid. Like I was reading like adult level unexplained mysteries books and so on, and of course watching reruns of unsolved mysteries and watching sightings and. So I was always really into it. So if I actually saw a UFO, like I'd be like, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be like one of the coolest things that ever happened to me as a kid. Uh, but that that's that's that that didn't happen. Well, so I'd probably I'd be like the kid, the, the the kid here. I'd be excited about it. Though I know you did have religious upbringing.
0: Apparently it wasn't as fucking severe
1: as mine. Oh, nowhere near. It was very it wasn't really that strict and it wasn't really that uh consistent so i wouldn't even necessarily consider it a religious upbringing because i don't really remember going to church with any sort of consistency growing up yeah so uh police officer uh jeffrey velthaus responded to the graves 911 call graves describes himself as a ufo skeptic before the incident Upon arriving at the Graves' home, his mind raced through possible explanations for the UFOs, you know, planes, uh, trains, automobiles. Swamp gas. Uh, Velthouse uh, then saw two lights moving in a southwest direction that seemed consistent with normal aircraft traffic until one object broke away and moved south in a manner different than any normal aircraft he had ever seen. And... Uh, from that promising beginning, you know, with uh, recollections from other people who saw the, these uh, UFOs around this time and some kind of decent reenactments that kind of remind you of uh, the uh, segments from uh, classic Unsolved Mysteries. Then we start focusing on this guy named Jack Bouchong. We it get, like a, we, a get his, rep- we get this guy man. yeah we get this guy's like the that they that they
0: interview or whatever and I like how they they put this enter Jack Bashong uh-huh. and um <laughs> you kind of get a whole like biography of, of this dude's life um, before it
1: started just focusing on this fucking guy and that's when the segment really started to to tail off for me
0: yeah. So after dozens of residents called nine one one to report their UFO sightings, Ottawa County nine one one dispatch contacted the National Weather Service Muskegon office, manned by Jack Bashong. If anyone could get to the bottom of the strange lights in the sky, it was Bashong. The meteorologist was rigorously trained on how to track weather, weather on radar, and part of that training involved identifying types of phenomena that could fool radar systems.
1: Bish- and he and yeah, they did. When they interviewed him, he would actually talk about like when he like when he was a kid and his home life. And I didn't wasn't he talking about how he was like bullied or something? If I remember correctly, I don't know, but it would
0: be funny like with him. Um, you know, all the kids and on, on the playground are like playing football and shit, and he's reading like the weather section of the newspaper in the corner of the playground, and like, yeah, you little weather <laughs> nerd, is it gonna rain today? He's like, actually, we have eighty percent chance of precipitation, you bullies. And then they like beat him up. He's like, you'll see. One day, I'll be a famous meteorologist.
1: Like, <laughs> no, I think he was like into. I-, I think he was kind of already tapped into some of the un- the the unknown. Well, no, I stuff. think he was
0: like super into weather. I think he was talking about yeah, like, yeah, he yeah, was, he was really like into, yeah, super like, how into the weather. Fuck, yeah. is that something? How is that a hobby, my 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 dude? That is that is a condition outside. How does that become? I
1: mean, I mean, I was I was interested and intrigued by you know natural disasters. Well, yeah, I was a kid. because they're
0: like the most extreme form of
1: what weather can do—tornadoes you know, and volcanoes, hurricanes, and er, you know earthquakes and so on. But yeah, you know, I'm from Florida because like that's the first natural
0: disaster that comes yeah, to my mind—a hurricane. Mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Bashang picked up a large return at about six thousand feet, moving at a hundred miles per hour. It stopped and hovered for 15 seconds before darting to 12,000 feet. Uh, That's when things went crazy. The target split into pieces, separated by about 5,000 feet in height. Bashong says, quote, In all aspects, the object looked like an aircraft. It just did not act like an aircraft. He describes it as solid, smooth, highly polished, and extremely reflective metal, I guess as he could see from the brightness of the blip on the uh, the radar detector or whatever. Um, The objects maintained a triangular formation with individual pieces darting off in 20-mile intervals before reforming. Bashong says he can't think of anything in nature, which plays fall the leader like that. The most remarkable aspect of the story is the way the UFOs maintained that formation relative to the radar sweeps. Bashong believes that they wanted to be seen and their precise maneuvers may be a form of communication and not to mention the fact that if any human being with this kind of movement was in one of these crafts they would die because our bodies can't take that those yep. kinds of physics no they can't take
1: the g forces they can't they can't uh, handle we can't that ascend
0: at all. and descend at hundreds of miles per no. hour our bodies instantly like you get like the bends and then you like yeah. stroke out yep so um Despite over 300 witnesses in 42 counties, Bashang faced ridicule from his—and this is where it gets a little interesting. Bish, yeah. Bashang faced ridicule from his coworkers, and the National Weather Service tried to make the story go away. The higher-ups explained that the UFO uh, was a—they mistyped here—was a temperature inversion and told Bashang to stop discussing what happened on March 8th. Uh-huh. And now, all these years later, Bashong's story has a happy ending, but uh, they didn't get into the fact that they he actually had to move to, like, Miami yeah. or something. Or, no, it was Atlanta, I think, um, because he kind of became unemployable
1: out there. He was ostracized. Yeah. He was ostracized by the weather community. Right, because he was... Which is crazy. Like you never, you would, you would honestly don't think about that. You're like somebody getting ostracized by the weather service community, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, "There's a weather service community." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, man, they're brutal. You don't want to get on the bad side of meteor meteorologists, man. Like that's a tough, that's a tough <laughs> click. It almost reminds me of that scene in Anchorman where all the um, news uh, outlets like meet it in the alley and, and like duke it uh-huh. out, and, like yeah. <laughs> channel 12 and all that like uh-huh. the public access news people and they all show up yeah that was pretty funny it's a shame they had to make a sequel to that movie because the first one was so good and then they had to go and ruin it um the sequel
1: it wasn't like god awful unwatchable garbage it, it was just not as good the third
0: one was though god awful. there was garbage. no
1: third one. Oh, there wasn't I saw- Are you talking about like the the uh, the other Anchorman thing, which was kind of like a spinoff?
0: No, it must have been the second one. I saw the se- I saw I thought it was either the th- second or third one when I was recovering from my food poisoning. back There's in the day.
1: hangover. There's three hangover films. No,
0: no, I was talking about Anchorman. I just remember it not being mm-hmm. funny. Anyway. Um, so yeah, he had to he was ostracized and he had to like move and all this shit and it it, co- it it cost him a lot just just for saying what he saw. And I don't think he was trying to imply that it was a UFO. He was just like there's no. there's nothing in nature that would act like this. No. So an uh, unidentified
1: flying object would be a fitting description. Yep. But the National Weather Service was like, "Nah." You know that's that's crazy. We don't talk. want to
0: touch that. You know, let's stick to weather. That's what people want You're from us. Canceled. Yeah, you don't, they like,
1: canceled him before you know canceling was even really a thing.
0: Back when the only time something was canceled was if it was a TV show,
1: and Go. it was normally a TV show that was aired by Fox. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they, they canceled a shit ton
0: of because they were the new network, you know. So they were they were throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck, and you know they had to they had to go through a lot Well I
1: mean of- even when they weren't a new network anymore they weren't even giving shows a proper chance like Firefly had episodes aired out of order so like people would watch the show and be like what the fuck is going on and even if you were getting into the show uh when you're watching it when it initially aired like you're confused cuz they're airing episodes out of order when it comes to the the narrative of of the season and they canceled it after like one season
0: yeah, well, you can definitely oh thank the Simpsons for like having Fox on life support in those early days.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and then and for then sure. Family Guy later on. Well, I mean, in the very early days, it was uh, you know Simpsons and you know other stuff like X-Files. Married with Children was a, Married with Children was another series that really uh, helped them out when they were first uh, starting out uh, as a network. X Files. Um. Yeah, X Files for sure. But yeah, uh, they follow up on the case uh, all these years later. Bushong's story is a happy ending with the United States government admitting their own UFO UAP investigation programs. Events like March 8th, the mass sightings seem a lot less crazy. The episode ends with Bouchong back in the case investigating uh, what took to the skies of Michigan on that cold winter night. This is where I think he gets into contact with other people like there's this lady who i guess was trying to get in contact with him for quite a long time because she was also doing her own investigation but she tried to get in touch with him back when it happened and um yeah and,
0: and they didn't even they didn't even give him the note that she she was trying to get that's like exactly. that's, that's how much they were trying to like not let this thing get any
1: mm-hmm. bigger so yeah, Bouchon's work at the National Weather Service uh, office makes this UFO incident tougher for skeptics to write off as swamp gas, conventional aircraft, or, or mylar balloons. The episode wraps up with Bouchon corroborating witness reports of the sensor data, and without getting into spoilers, he the experiencers dropped some extraordinary claims. I don't remember exactly what those claims were, though. Are they listed on the the other link here? Let's let's see.
0: What was the question? Sorry, I was looking up uh, hit shows on Fox. Because <laughs> I got curious. I was like, what shows did they have on their network? And, um,
1: come find out a lot. Uh, of like the, the experiences that the the, pe- they, the, the the people had, you know, w- with uh, the UFOs. Yeah, what about the experiences? Like, do you remember what they were like, in, you know, in detail? What the people that they interviewed at the beginning of the sh- the show? Uh, uh, that and also didn't they interview some people uh, near the end? I
0: don't, I don't remember. It doesn't matter.
1: I think I remember seeing something about some kind of like funnel in the ocean. Right?
0: Oh, right, yeah, yeah. It was uh, th- this couple was at the beach and this fucking uh, there was this like UFO and it was like, it was, uh, it was almost like it was like absorbing water, like almost creating this like waterfall like this like uh yeah s- uh synthetic waterfall like and it was like this really bizarre sight. and um yeah they like fucking ran they booked it you know because obviously that was like a very terrifying thing that to see yeah that
1: would be that'd be like seeing the giant uh tsunami at the end of the abyss that was uh, just like
0: Okay, so unsolved.com has a little bit more on what actually happened to yeah. uh, Jack okay. and like the, uh, the other ones. Um, In the days that followed the sightings back at the National Weather Service, Jack is pulled into his boss's office amid the flurry of press. He's given strict instructions not to publicly speculate on what he saw through his radar that night. Jack must remain silent about the incident as long as he works for the National Weather Service. A few months later, Jack is transferred to, ger- transferred to Georgia's National Weather Service office. Jack's reputation as a scientist is dragged through the mud for decades, unable to formally elaborate on what he saw on March 8th or how he saw it. Now, almost 30 years later, Jack is retired from the National Weather Service and is finally free to share his entire story. He returns to Michigan to investigate the night that changed his life forever. And then that's kind of the end of it. Which is a weird way to end... A, a, yeah, a paragraph or a story. Yeah,
1: and then they're like, you know, click here submit a tip. So the the Bouchon guy, he definitely seemed like a bit of a character, but not the kind of character that is like really charismatic and like funny. But he just seemed like there was something a little off yeah. about him. I don't know why
0: other um, counties haven't thought to contact their local National Weather Service office and do the same thing that they did here where it's like, hey, we bet like the Hudson Valley UFO episode on Unsolved Mysteries where like literally thousands of residents of New York in Hudson Valley in New York saw this big ass barge silently floating uh-huh. through the sky. Like, why wouldn't you contact the National Weather Service people and be like, yo, get on that radar and tell me what the fuck's going on? I thought that was interesting that they had the... He had the wherewithal to call the guy and be like, hey, I can get
1: you a little fucking radar update. What am I looking at? Yeah, the account of the ship in the ocean was the ship sucking up water. I guess that's what it was. It was like sucking up water out of the ocean... And then, and then, uh, and then I'm on Reddit. I'm on the Unsolved Mysteries Reddit, and the responses to that are pretty hilarious. It's like aliens are stealing our water, <laughs> and then someone replied, "Nestle are aliens," <laughs> and it was like they're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, salt water is a good way to
0: go insane if you drink a lot of that.
1: It's a column of water. That's what it was the visual just, it, it really does remind me of like something something that you might see in the abyss which i i'm have you seen that film no I the abyss not. i have not i think you might like that one
0: i just got it's, done rewatching the sopranos for the second time and
1: mm-hmm. actually then i just then i just got done rewatching euphoria for the second time did you see uh speaking of sopranos did you see the prequel I did
0: the uh, many saints of uh, Newark. I did see that, and it was all right. Um, it was it was just okay. I felt like <sighs> okay. So, like my the spoiler alert here. Um, I'm assuming we have nothing else to say about the UFO thing. Uh, spoiler alert here. Uh, I I couldn't believe that the whole time in the sopranos anytime they're referencing christopher's uh father dicky maltasante who tony soprano said that man was a legend uh and the story is and and they never knew who killed dicky maltasante in the sopranos and 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 christopher never really got any closure there was one episode where tony said it was a retired policeman and that that's who killed your dad and so christopher had him whacked or whatever but um the the show is kind of doing a wink and a nod that that wasn't really who killed him and that's just someone that Tony wanted dead and told Christopher that hey, you know, you need to take out this guy He killed your dad. Um so anyway, the whole like Saints of Newark or whatever is basically focusing on Dickie Maltesante when he was still alive and his origins and and you know, how he was kind of the the badass or whatever um back in the day and um uncle junior what they call uh, which is uh tony soprano's uh or johnny soprano which is tony soprano's father who in the show the sopranos he's dead uh because he died he was uh he died when tony was a kid or whatever i think it was like cancer or something um now of course he's alive because it's a prequel and so you get to see Johnny Soprano and how he acts and how he you know kind of treats his kids and and the mother and all that and you can kind of see how like it uh-huh. goes on to shape Tony as an adult and all this that and the other and um Johnny Soprano Tony's dad uh, his brother um Corrado Soprano who they call Uncle Junior uh, he is in The Sopranos, the actual show, but he's an old man. And he's always telling Tony stories about this, that, and the other. And he's uh, still involved in the, uh, the the mob or whatever. Um, but in The Saints of Newark, he's portrayed as kind of a bumbling, fumbling, you know, like kind of pussy in a way. Um, which I didn't like. Because in The Sopranos, even though he's an old man, he was a fucking he was a kind of a tough old man like he he you know he was still able to fuck people up and all that and 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 you know murder people when it need be and um they make Dickie Maltesante out to be the badass and 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 uh johnny soprano out to be the badass but uh Corrado was was just seen as like the goof in the movie and mm. there's a scene where uh Uncle Junior as as young uh, young Uncle Junior or whatever, they're like exiting a funeral and he slips on the stairs and like fucks his back up and he, and and Dicky starts laughing at him and you know all that having a good laugh and all that and you know Junior feels very disrespected by that and he's not even able to like there's a scene where it's showing he's not even able to fuck because his back's so thrown out And he's like, God damn it, Dickie. You know, he pushed me and his, uh, whoever he was fucking was like, no, he didn't. You slipped. And he's like, yeah, well, he had a good laugh about it. And essentially the movie ends with Dickie finally getting shot in the back of the head by an unknown assailant. But then you see Uncle Junior walk to a payphone and answer it and uh, the voice on the other end of the line that said it's done. So basically, they're saying that Uncle Junior had Dicky Maltesante whacked, and I thought that that was just the lamest like excuse because in The Sopranos, Uncle Junior never even talks about Dicky Maltesante. and it's like it just—I don't know. See, these are, that's why I hate about <laughs> that's why I hate about prequels. Because the original show came before the prequel, so uh-huh. you know you're you're yeah. you're like yeah shoehorning all this shit in there, and it's just like yeah. And then the guy who played like uh, Silvio Dante, uh, a-, a young Silvio, is doing such a parody job of of how Silvio's character acted on the Sopranos that it's almost distracting. Like from the way he his the way he walks, the way he sticks sticks out his lower lip uh cuz that's how that's Steven Van Zandt, the guy who played Silvio on the original Sopranos that's just how his face looked his bottom lip just stuck out and he just gave him this mm-hmm. kind of like gruff snarl to his face all the time but the actor playing Silvio this time a young Silvio is uh he he's always you know pouching out or poofing out his lower lip and he's walking in the same exact way and he's kind of talking the same exact way as Silvio And uh, then we see that he's like, wears a wig. So like now when you go out and watch Sopranos, it's like, well, according to canon, that's not Silvio's real hair. It's a wig because that's what the prequel said. And (laughs) ah, there's just a bunch of things about it that I didn't uh, didn't particularly care for. And then they said they were going to focus a lot on the race riots uh, in Newark in the 60s. And that was, like, just one tiny little kind of backdrop in the background, and mm-hmm. they didn't really kind of go yeah. into it at all. So
1: so I haven't seen that prequel, and I haven't seen the series uh, yet. I, I think I've seen, like, a couple episodes of the series. Like there may be, like, a bits and pieces. Um, but uh, it is a show I would like, like to... Uh, Check out one of these days. Sopranos is one the of the time. best. Is
0: one of the best shows. In uh, t- and history. I do
1: have the uh, the series on Blu-ray. So Jesus, you have uh, it? <laughs> you haven't even watched yes, it. Yes, I have it. I'm sure, there's a bunch of cool bonus shit on there that I've never even seen. Um, but uh, there's another like gangster show that just came out. It's called uh, Tulsa King. Stallone is in it. I heard about that. He actually that. plays the mob boss. And uh, it's like a comedy. It's like Yellowstone, mix of like Sopranos and like you know some some comedy and satire. And it's been getting some decent reviews. And I like Stallone, so I'll probably check that out. I actually read that days. Stallone
0: interview that you posted. Um, mm-hmm. You're know, like for any real Stallone fan, this is a must read or whatever. The only reason I read it is because they actually had an audio option, which I thought was great. I wish all oh. articles had that. Yeah, they, at the top yeah? of the screen. You could just hit, you know, read the article. Basically, read the article oh. to me because
1: I'm too lazy to, you know, read oh, it myself. Okay. I yeah. thought it was actually like the interviewer, like no, it was like some, learn. it
0: was like some robot voice. But still, that's better uh, okay. than me having to read it. You know, <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. So I'm
1: sorry. I thought it was. Uh, yeah,
0: like so he like doesn't own the rights to fucking Rocky, man. Wow. No, he doesn't. Nope. Jeez. Nope. That's a that's a huge butt fuck right there. Yeah. A show that he fucking created from the ground up. you know I mean the or you know a I mean? movie.
1: The, yeah, movie. Yeah, that sucks, man. That's pretty common though for screenwriters. They don't necessarily own the 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 film or, or the rights. But to not only they write just, it, but to like, writer. but
0: to like act in it and, and put so much like well, I passion. Mean, I, I
1: got I I got a fun story about you know Stallone when it comes to acting in that film. Like initially. The studio MGM wanted a United Artists. They wanted nothing to do with Stallone as as the star because he was a nobody. He had had been like an extra in a few things, hadn't done that much. He he had a little bit role in this film called Lords of Flatbush with Henry Winkler, and uh, the studio was like, "No, we don't. We don't want Stallone as the star. We like your script, and they were gonna pay him like a uh, what was at the time like a record amount of money." like over $100,000 or something just for the script. And Stallone refused. Stallone was like, no, I'm not giving you this script unless I'm the star, because I'm Rocky. And the studio, they wanted Ryan O'Neal or Burt Reynolds to play Rocky. They didn't want Stallone. and But they, they realized that the script was a really good script and had a lot of potential. So they... They agreed to make the deal with Stallone, and the rest is history. Uh, Stallone didn't get paid as much as he initially was going to for his script, um, but it definitely worked out for him in the end. Like, he was so flat broke when he was writing uh, Rocky and, and trying to get that film uh, off the ground that he was actually drinking raw eggs. Like, that was a real thing that he was doing to to uh sustain himself he had to sell his dog to <laughs> you know to to help pay rent <laughs> the fuck how do you the sell the dog that the dog that you see in that film and rocky butt kiss that's that's his dog he was able to buy his dog back oh my from like a, a pet shop or whatever after you know getting paid.
0: I didn't even, uh, I didn't for, know you could uh, sell dogs once you own
1: it. It's like that's your dog now. You can't really
0: sell. you can give a dog away, but selling it, I don't it's like who's going to unless it's like a purebred
1: something or other like I mean back in that day, I I guess that dog was dog selling common. was a
0: big big business, I guess. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, when will when will like
0: Hollywood or whatever like these big media giants when will they realize that like Sometimes unknowns are the best choice because yeah. you it's easier for the audience to suspend their disbelief when it's someone that they've never seen before on the screen who you know when it's fucking Leonard especially
1: this undergo- underdog story yeah, of this punch drunk exactly. uh, pug boxer who hasn't really amounted to much of anything like like it makes more sense that you have an unknown in that position like if i have versus- to burt reynolds
0: if i have to see samuel l jackson portray any anything else ever in in movies i'm just (laughs) i'm so done with certain people like i'm tired of leonardo DiCaprio. i'm tired of samuel l jackson getting
1: there with mark Wahlberg and the rock that's the oh god
0: dwayne johnson i am so yeah that's that's a good one right there like that and that's that has a lot to do with
1: also will ferrell because will ferrell is just playing the same same character and everything or will smith for never, that matter well yeah well you know for other reasons but well. you know <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got a little slap happy
0: that one time
1: yeah 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 but yeah will Farrell, like he hasn't really evolved that much at all when it comes to his stick or anything i think he should do more serious roles he actually did a decent job in 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 the few serious uh roles that he did I don't know why. Well, when he's has he not ever done a serious role? What Stranger Than Fiction, I think, is what it was called. It was kind of a more serious performance. Uh, and I I've, thought he was actually pretty good in that. I vaguely remember hearing about that one.
0: And and Adam Sandler, I am I am so tired of people telling me that, oh, he's done some good movies lately. I don't care if he's done good movies lately. He did so many shitty movies that were just excuses for him to go on vacation that just for that reason alone well, Fuck you, Adam Sandler. <laughs>
1: I'm not going to go that far I I I think I think he's he's uh, regained some passion for doing films again he's hurt me too bad I get it I understand but what he's been doing now lately is definitely something that I I think is is worth uh, uh, of uh, of not necessarily like a ton of praise but at least definitely worth praising because of the fact that he's now drifting farther and farther away from this lazy comedy route he's doing more of these serious roles like in uncut gems and hustle and uh i i think that's actually working out for the the best for him so i i I think we might be seeing a new era of adam sandler yeah which i think could actually be one of his best my point is my, my point being is that like he's not lazy anymore he's actually putting an effort into into things yeah but
0: like with stallone it's like you know d- like take more chances on fucking unknowns we're tired everybody's tired of seeing the big like the era of like the big celebrity like the the big screen the the red carpet events i think all that shit is is pretty hackneyed at this point point. i feel like it's kind of dying out with like kind of the independent nature of all these various movie yeah. studios like the
1: netflixes and the hbo max and well, well speaking of streaming uh, i mean i think a lot of the streaming series is, they they are taking chances with unknowns i mean look at the cast of stranger things like oh they, i mean all were, all of them like nobody euphoria, knew anything about any of these people fucking euphoria fucking uh, uh-huh. like uh I would say,
0: nah, that's a poor example. But yeah, no, they
1: are. They. I are. mean, even the Sopran- the Sopranos had some some big names like a you know some co stars here and there. Oh, most of the people on the Sopranos but were unknowns. The, yeah, yeah, most of the people were relatively unknown. No one well, know. No it. one knew who James Gandolfini was before the Sopranos. Well, I mean, he was in a few things. Like he was in a few films. Like he was in Terminal Velocity with Charlie Sheen. So he was in a few uh, uh, projects prior to. Um, uh sopranos but yeah he wasn't as well known he was really good in a bit role in a film called perdita durango he was really good in that bit role did he have any kind of a like italian accent i don't remember if he did or not like he was playing like a cop who just would continuously get his ass kicked (laughs) but he would still like find a way to let like get the upper hand Despite the fact that he's just constantly getting his ass handed to him. Yeah, I mean Soprano's casting,
0: it was essentially David Chase, the writer and creator. Like he 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 essentially just like hired people that he he liked the the look of them Mm -hmm. or like they fit into that world. So like he he would get like I mean the
1: tie into unsolved mysteries, I mean Robert Stack, he was somewhat well known, especially in TV, you know, for the untouchables and, and and some film roles, like bit parts and like airplane. But at that point in his career, like, he wasn't really necessarily, like, a big, huge household name. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries was definitely, like, a graceful, like, third act in his life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, a nice way to bow out, you know, in in a very successful, you know, kind of way, which is pretty cool. I'm, like, literally looking up hit series on Fox. We have The X-Files we have firefly i yeah it got like 1 year
1: that's not really a hit series it's a cult se- it's a, it's a cult hit but that doesn't mean that it's a hit series well okay
0: i guess i guess this says best fox series not like yeah uh, have um 24 i remember people talking about that show a lot growing up as like a teenager or whatever oh did you see the new episode of 24 yeah, I never
1: saw that show, but I did hear about it.
0: Arrested Development, Jesus Christ, people won't shut the fuck up about how great and funny that show was. I, I mean,
1: I bought it on DVD recently, like at like the, the grocery store. It was pretty cheap, so I'll, I'll give it a shot. One of these, I days tried watching without, like,
0: it, and I didn't. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was that funny, personally. Uh, house I didn't know house was on fox well
1: maybe it's a show that gets funnier as it goes on because sometimes that happens with with shows I've already so moved not, on constantly. past the rest of development I've I've already acknowledged another show <laughs> I know I'm just saying like maybe it could be one of those shows
0: House was a pretty good show I was I I, yeah. I think that I was more um obviously Hugh Laurie like his character made that show and his fucking American accent I just and then I find out the, uh, Jacob, uh, fucking whatever his name is from Euphoria, the kind of the jock bully guy, he's a complete fucking Brit, whole ass Brit, and he's yeah, got he the is. most, he's got the most American
1: fucking accent. I know. So believable. And that completely like, blew me away when I found that out about Hugh Laurie. It's
0: like, how can you get that accurate, and yet I've never seen an American... Like, in British films, do a good British accent. <laughs> like, they always are awful. Like, or middling at best. They can never get it right. But some Brits are somehow able to get our shit down. Uh, you have Terminator, the Sarah, Cro- Co- Sarah Connor Chronicles. That was only uh-huh. on for a year from 2008-2009. Don't even remember that. It
1: actually had two seasons. Okay.
0: Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Don't remember that show. Fringe. Heard some decent things about that. Um, oh, oh, this one, The Last Man on Earth. That was such a dumb show,
1: with um uh, yeah. Will Forte. So I'm I'm going the opposite. I'm looking at some of the worst Fox shows from like the past 25 years. This is an older list from like 2012, but some of the more obscure shows you tend to find on the older lists for some reason. 'Cause the newer lists are always like focusing on shit from like two thousands or whatever. With a very little uh you know, maybe a few things that aren't from there. So like something called Second Chance. Uh it was from the first year of Fox's existence in nineteen eighty seven to nineteen eighty eight. Um it was known it's it was known for two things, featuring Matthew Perry. As a younger version of a man, Kiel Martin, who after dying and being denied entry into heaven is given an opportunity to watch over his teenage self, and steer him in the right direction. Um, it was not known for being any good either in its original form or as a retitled "Boys Will Be Boys." So Matthew Perry started out uh, with with a with a flop, I guess. Uh, then he had something called "Top of the Heap" and Vinny and Bobby. "Top of the Heap" was a sitcom. That was spun off from Married with the Children. Married with Children. It starred Joseph Bologna and Matt LeBlanc, another Friends actor. With father and son enamored with get rich quick schemes. Uh, it failed after only seven episodes. But for some reason, Fox decided to bring back LeBlanc's character, Vinny, in a buddy comedy the following season, called Vinny and Bobby, which also died after seven episodes. Stop on one that we actually have heard of. <laughs> uh, I find the stuff you haven't heard the most interesting, to be honest. Uh, have you heard of the Chevy Chase show?
0: Yes, I yeah. There was a whole video uh, that someone made yeah. on YouTube that I actually want to rewatch. That God, that shit was so cringy. Yes, and they they like they put so much like resources into that
1: show because yeah. like he was competing with like Letterman and yeah, and our, and, and Carson and yeah. Uh, one of the worst hype-to-return ratios in modern TV history belongs to this ill-conceived, poorly received late-night venture that lasted for only five weeks <laughs> in the fall of nineteen ninety-three.
0: Yeah, like uh, the first episode, like like the dude just he just didn't have it. Like he didn't have it as a, as a no. late-night TV host. Like his his uh the 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 bits were like really obscure and like uh he had like on the first episode he already had some what i forget who the guest was but she was like singing him like this song and it was like this real tender moment was it farrah and,
1: fawcett yeah
0: and she's like just staring into his eyes and he's staring into her eyes and, and the whole wasn't thing she is,
1: like she was like i think she was out of it too during that interview or that might yeah, be what like, i'm thinking about yeah it was um
0: it was it was pretty it was pretty cheesy. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing a video about that. That was interesting. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. Look, I mean Unsolved Mysteries didn't give us much to work with this this episode, no. okay? Like <laughs> we tried, okay? But, but the here, here, that-
1: here's an interesting contrast, because I'm still on the Reddit for Unsolved Mysteries on this episode, and there's just nothing but good things that are being said about this episode. Really? Like, it was great. It was really good. Uh this episode gave me chills. Uh, have you seen any of the original episodes?
0: Person who got chills.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, just just nothing but posi- positive positive uh, thoughts about this episode. I wonder like, if the that tends opposite.
0: It, I wonder if that tends to be like uh, a like a, a pro new unsolved mysteries, possibly like, because I I just don't understand like. If you think of, like, the
1: average age of, like, a Reddit user... This episode was so compelling. The Reddit user... Oh, here's one. Here's one, finally. Such a boring episode. Okay. (laughs) But that's, like, one out of, like, hundreds of comments, and the majority of them are all positive. Now, speaking of the new Unsolved Mysteries, because I was watching the UFO episode while I was doing some reorganizing in my room, uh, and I wasn't quite done with my task so it just auto played the third episode and the third episode sounds like it's not really that much better either to be perfectly honest I started Uh, on the
0: third episode but I was about to sit down and eat a sandwich and they're sitting there talking about oh her body was hacked up into different parts I'm like yeah I'm not going to eat my sandwich and listen to this Uh, not very appetizing
1: so I just like turned it off interesting how some people you know are like that like they can't it, it, they can't handle that kind of stuff when they're when they're eating. Like, I get it, I understand, but like, it's never been a problem for me.
0: Yeah, I can't. <laughs> um, like that one uh, thing that we covered, where the, the guy had like the fuck chamber there where he brutally yeah. tortured people. Like, yeah. I was, I was the, it, the, that like the toy ruined. box, yeah, uh, killer the, that ruined my meal. I was trying to eat like a Philly <clears> cheesesteak, and like, it, I just. It just ruined it for me. So, kind of from there on out, I was like, I'm just not gonna like. I'm just not gonna like watch.
1: It's a mindset. Content. I think. I think that's what it is. It's probably just.
0: Well, eating everyone's is different. To, eating brings me joy, and um, you know, <laughs> hearing about this fuck dungeon that that did not that did not uh, bring me joy. It brought. It made me very um creeped out. So I didn't like those two feelings living in my head together at the same time.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, um, I I reckon uh, next episode will be about episode three. The chick who I got guess. her body hacked up. All right, uh, I looked forward on the episode list, and um, one of the episodes is called like, "What happened to Josh?" What happened to Josh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right here, baby. But yeah, um, I was told by one of our listeners that like the last couple episodes of this volume get better or something. Okay. Cause like he, he's, he shares his critics or his cynicism of the new show as much as we do. And so uh-huh. if he says that they get better, maybe they actually get better. I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Well, uh, I guess I got a little short one there for you this week. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is one of those things where, you know, you get what you can get out of something. Like there really wasn't a lot. To that episode And you know
0: the sad thing is Is like back in the, if this had been like An original Unsolved Mysteries It's like that segment would have been 15 minutes And then we would have picked another segment Cause it was uh-huh. it would have been short And we would have talked about that But because Netflix is stretching this shit out To an hour We're gonna have to watch what two hours of TV You know to get yeah. ready for a podcast It's like no It's it's an hour long episode I'm dedicating the whole fucking episode to that episode.
1: <laughs> if they want,
0: if, if you know, if they had done the fucking format that they did back in the day where they chopped it up into, you know, there was like an anthology kind of vibe to it, it'd be a lot easier to, uh-huh. to do more segments on here per episode, but that's not how they're doing it. So that's why we're covering one episode per Mm -hmm. podcast anyway if you want to join our facebook group uh you can go to facebook type in uncovering unexplained mysteries and go to the groups tab and join and sometimes we post shit in there and some and you can post shit in there about whatever um there's our patreon you can go to uh, patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries um, I've been trying to get them out early um, this time around like the last two I think have been out or, like at least two or three days earlier than the uh, main you know drop for everyone else so it's patreon.com uncovering unexplained mysteries and for five dollars a month you can tell us what the fuck you want us to talk about how, I mean how great is that? I mean, I know this isn't the biggest podcast in the world, but Jesus, if I could, for $5 a month, if I could, the podcast that I listen to, if I could be like, hey, I want to hear you talk about Mega Man the entire episode, you know, that'd be fucking dope. But uh, yeah, if it's a whole ass series, we're not doing that. So like just, you know, one topic or one episode of something or whatever, Um and finally, if you would like to check out me and Mike's YouTube channels that we put a lot of work into, and um, I'm actually trying to put more work into it nowadays because um, I kind of had, like, an, an epiphany the other day that, like, mm-hmm. I want to make fucking, I want to make money on, on the internet, like, almost only online. Like, I don't, I don't want to do this karaoke shit, like, for much longer. Good and luck. I know. <laughs> but um, the sad thing is, is that I've earned the most money ad revenue wise in October, easily the most that I've earned than I ever have any other time. And the reason why is because I made another one of those goddamn AVGN uh-huh. State of masker videos yeah. and it caught on like wildfire because people are starving for James Rolfe shit talk right now yeah they are so thirsty for it and I saw someone had made a video saying like oh it's been a year since my last criticism of Cinemasker and I was like oh you know what I can cash in on that too and (laughs) and make a video and you know just kind of so then I was like oh well I'll be like you know a year later what does Cinemasker look like and I've been watching James's videos, and I thought, like, he's only released five this year. I thought, like, three of them were good. Uh, one of them was shitty, and then the other one was just meh. Um, and I I don't... I mentioned in that video that I don't watch Bored James, and, like, everyone started shitting bricks. Like, oh, my God, how could you have not watched Bored James? That's, like, his masterpiece. That's, like, his best work dude Uh, i'm on like board
1: james is fun but saying it's a masterpiece or it's his best work is is a stretch
0: i'm on like episode 10 and it's still fucking is boring as all hell like i'm like what the fuck it's two grown men playing with these nerdy board games like that's there's nothing like i i guess that gets a lot better as it goes i knew i've seen the dream phone episode and that one was good but like yeah right now the dude's just literally talking about board games
1: i think i think that's what they're what they're thinking about is once it gets like crazier and more cinematic you know with mr bucket and board yeah i'm just gonna skip i'm
0: just gonna skip to that one then because i saw that that one was coming up and i think i vaguely remembered that game growing up so i'm just probably gonna skip
1: to that one and mr bucket is just is is uh, just another horror movie really Uh, oh okay Jesus Christ. But um, that, that really is just focusing hard on the whole, you know, put put your balls in my mouth thing. Uh, classic.
0: Anyway, if you want to go to our YouTube channels and see, see if you might like what you see. Uh, Mike is the movie guy, obviously. And um, his YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash OCP Communications. That's YouTube.com slash OCP Communications which is a ro- uh, reference to RoboCop, which is a movie that Stephanie had never seen, my bandmate, my lead singer, and mm-hmm. I showed it to her oh. uh, for the first time the other night.
1: Yeah? What'd you think? I don't remember, actually. <laughs> I think <laughs> her what she thought. Maybe I need to ask her. Uh, I'm, I'll uh...
0: ask her right now. <laughs> hey, we're doing the podcast live right now. What did you think about RoboCop when you saw it? Because I never actually asked you that. So hopefully she responds with the quickness there. But anyway, Mike, (laughs) um, that's the name of your YouTube channel. What's what was the last video you did?
1: Uh, Last video I posted was a vlog where I just showed some stuff that I picked up, shared my thoughts, and a few things. Prior to that, I did a rant on a Steven Seagal directed video uh, piece of crap called "Born to Race Hell," and I changed the thumbnail to "Born to Race Taco Bell." Dude, that
0: I as a
1: result of. I
0: don't know how he popped up in my algorithms. Um, I might have clicked on your video. I don't remember. But Mm -hmm. there was this, uh, (laughs) I guess it's this podcast that they post online. It's called Come Town. And Mm -hmm. um, they covered like some Steven Seagal. They might have covered the one you were talking about. And they just like ripped on this dude and it was so fucking hilarious because they're they're showing clips of the movie as they're talking about it, which I'm sure they're getting fucked in the ass for by YouTube's copyright claim system. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, they're like, the dude looks like he's 50 years old and he's supposed to be this badass, Uh you know, army specialist. They're like he's looking through his sniper scope and the guy's like the guy looks like he's like 10 foot away cuz his whole ass body yeah, takes this, up it's this this is definitely the not
1: the same movie. Uh it, it's that one's called Sniper I think something. I don't remember the, the fucking name. Yeah, and they're, the they're, title.
0: they're saying like they're saying like the median age in in his troop is like 55. Yeah, cuz
1: <laughs> one of them is is a wrestler, uh Rob Van Dam.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and like they like, and because all the guys on the team are so old, they have to make the general like eighty. <laughs> <So Yeah. he's laughs>
1: Sniper special ops. Yeah,
0: they're just taking a dump on this. There's shit a lot, so of, hard.
1: you know. There's just so many like Seagal directed video movies where you could just absolutely just roast him. There's <laughs> one I forgot the name of it, but there's one where there's a shot where. Segal's character gets into this car, and you could see cheeseburger wrappers on the dash. <laughs> well, okay, a like you know, you know that 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 was probably from before the 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 shoot started. You know, Segal went to some drive-through <laughs> McDonald's or Burger King or some shit or both. You know, and chow down on some cheeseburgers and fries uh, before we're uh, shooting. That might have been in his contract. No, Why do give will so little of
0: a fuck about...
1: Like, how unless do you he gets his fast food fix. <laughs> Man, I can tell we haven't
0: podcasted for a while because your interruptions or your your trains of thought oh, where I can't... Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I'm ha- yeah, I'm ha- I'm I know. I'm having
0: trouble interjecting. <laughs> I'm noticing those are coming back. They're rearing their ugly head. Sorry. Um, Out of experience. Yeah. Brushing, brushing off the old noggin of yours. Um, yeah, knocking yeah, I d- off the rust. I, d- I don't understand how someone who's supposed to be... And this has long been, you know, disavowed. The whole, like, Steven Seagal is, like, the master of martial arts and all this other kind of shit. He's never
1: been the master of martial arts.
0: But that was a narrative that he was, like, I think, trying to make for himself, you know, Mm -hmm. there for a little bit. And for a little bit, maybe, like, I don't know, was there a good Steven Seagal movie?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, early in his career, like, from Above the Law to, like, Fire Down Below, you know, there were a lot of fun are legitimately classic action movies. I mean, Hard to Kill is a classic. Uh, um, Out for Justice is a really good one. So, Above the Wall when did he just
0: when did he just decide that like I don't give a fuck under about siege? The
1: uh when he started when he broke things off with Warner Brothers uh, after the two films he did in the two thousands with rapper co stars uh, like Exit Wounds and Half Past Dead. Half past um. Dead. Then he uh, did exclusively direct to video films, and uh, he realized that he could essentially get away with uh, scamming people in Romania to you know fund his shitty films and and not put much effort into them. And uh, the rest is history. And then he would just continuously just you know take these direct to video roles because it didn't really. It paid the bills and it, it kept him in the in the spotlight, so to speak. Even though his gut was expanding to to such extremes that I don't even think the spotlight could even fit him in it anymore. But uh, he just started to not give a shit and and also started write, writing his own movies. Like he wrote "Born to Raise Hell," and so it has lines of dialogue that talk about how awesome he is. And oh, how like God. one of his partners is like, he's is one of his partners is going to tell him something, his character something, and he's like, oh, let me guess, you want to be like me, right? And, and 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 then and then and then the partner's like, yeah, I do, but I wanted to let you know that uh, I'm getting married. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so
0: this is Stephanie's response uh, that she thankfully gave me in a timely manner of uh, her thoughts on RoboCop you actually did ask me about robocop but you were drunk so you (laughs) made me recite the ending of robocop to make sure that i finished robocop since you weren't in the room um i thought it was good i do think um they could have done a slightly different uh angle on the propaganda style of the tv reportings like they could have made it a little bit more over the top, kind of like, kind of like what v for, v for Vendetta did. I think that was an example of a, uh-huh. a more modern movie that did did that angle, yeah. right? But I thought it was cool. Um, I enjoyed the robotic cop, <laughs> and God knows you really enjoyed the theme song. Every time it came on, you started flailing your arms around in the air <laughs> bum, in bum, a robotic bum, fashion. Bum, 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 so that's bum. important. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty drunk, and I definitely got hyped for that theme song, and I was doing that I don't know how yeah. she could just think it was just okay, I mean, yeah. I don't know, I saw it as a kid, so...
1: It's, it's you know, it's the, fine. I'm, the whole I'm, concept I'm, was, I'm, was... She said it was mind. good, though. She didn't say it was just okay, so... Yeah, but I know her tone. She said, "Yeah, uh, it was good. It was oh, like, kind okay. of that lilty kind of falling yeah, tone. Yeah. It was
0: good." That, to <laughs> me, I, in Stephanie's, that means that yeah, it was meh.
1: Well, I just can't, invented a can't, can't term, win them all.
0: Ste- Stephanie's. Uh, all right, you can't so buy if them you, all
1: for a dollar.
0: If you want to go to my YouTube channel, it's uh, YouTube.com/dancingwithghosts, which is also the name of my band uh, that I wish you would uh, check out. Once again, that's youtube.com slash Uh I do music-based content where I talk about m- musicians. It's kind of a drama channel at this point, but it's also like music reviews and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, because you did a video where you talked about artists uh, that uh, are... Top,
0: top 10 artists whose uh, vocals cannot be imitated. Mm. Uh, that video has done shit, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and then I did one about like can you truly separate the artist from the art involving kanye and all his recent yeah. controversies yeah. and that video is doing okay for my channel standards mm-hmm. i guess it's just hard to it's hard to get used to going from releasing a video about the nerd which gets it now it's at 30,000 views and it's been out for nice. like two weeks it's hard going from that high of like oh my god I'm su- I'm successful to the low of oh yeah these are the yeah. normal these are the views I normally get. That's
1: kind of like how I feel about I don't have as many views but that's kind of how I feel about like you know the Halloween ends rant. It has like over 2000 views which is like the high you know for you know normal and then just go back to like 400 300 you know so, yeah, for me, it's like it's an even two, more extreme
0: <laughs> for me. It's like two to four hundred views is typical. Yeah. Um A thousand to five thousand views is like great. And anything above five thousand is f- spectacular. Anything that yeah. cracks fifty thousand is like colossal. And right I've now, never I've, had,
1: I don't even think I've had anything like that in years. So, yeah, congrats I've got, on that.
0: thank you i and 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 guess what they're both drama related you know that's Uh the sad that's the sad part about it and i could
1: probably do that because i rant but like i just i don't know i just don't want want to do that you know well that's
0: like that's my thing if i wanted to i could turn i could easily turn my channel into like an avgn like drama channel or 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 like start off with him and then then Find someone similar that his fans probably subscribe to, like uh, Norm, the gaming historian, and then do a drama video about him, or and that, and I guarantee you, I would blow up. I know for a fact I would. But the at the end of the day, that's not where my heart's at. That's not the kind of channel I want. Uh huh. Because I'm looking at my videos right now. I got uh, the Bilber H3H3 interview. That's at 439,000 views, so almost half a million. Yeah. You got the Apple is overrated. Why I left the Apple cult is almost at half a million. And then, then the other two, the other videos that I do that are successful, I do product reviews of like music, like in mm-hmm. like uh, like products or whatever. So both of my vocal processor videos, where I review them in depth, ones at two hundred and forty k, the others at hundred k views. Yeah. So it's just like random, and then then everything else under that, those mega giants, it's all Rex Viper, or or ABGN, yeah. like yeah, and those have been netting me the most ad revenue. So it's like, yeah, I, I could literally sell out in every sense because if I did pivot in that direction, I would make, I would start making like decent money on my YouTube channel. Anyway, uh, probably a lot of inside baseball for a public uh, podcast here <laughs> that people really could not give two flying fucks about. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to go ahead and call it. Uh, until next time, folks, have a good rest of your night. Bye.
1: See ya.